Hi, Rav Judy here with the beginning of the third parak of Masechet Sukkah. Our Misha study is dedicated towards the Schut of Rafu Shlema for Kalman Yitzchak ben Sarah Bluma, and also in honor of all the Chayilim, past and present, and wishing for their safety and protection. The third parak represents or moves in a shift away from the um, from the Sukkah, which was the topic of the first two prakim, over to the uh, Dalid Minim, the Arba Minim, the four species, colloquially known as the Lulav and Etrog, although it's really Lulav, Etrog, Hadas, and Arava. And the first Mishnah of the Perak goes as follows. Perakimul Mishnah Aleph. Lulav HaGazol VeHayavesh Pasol. If a person has a Lulav, or we're, right now we're focusing on the Lulav itself, but it really applies to all of them, as we'll see. Uh, a Lulav that is stolen or is dried out, it's Pasol. It's no, it's no good. So the stolen part is that the language that uses is you will take for yourselves, meaning that it has to belong to you. And so a lulav needs to belong to you. Now this causes, uh, obviously it makes a stolen lulav problematic. It also means that when other people want to borrow your lulav, effectively what you're doing is gifting it to them. Um, this is an entire sugya and topic unto itself. It's gifting, is it gifting with a, uh, with a condition? They'll be taken back. What exactly is happening here? Um, but the idea is that the person taking the lulav needs to belong to them. It also means that on the first day of Sukkot, when taking a lulav is a biblical mitzvah, even outside of Israel, that one should uh, take the lulav first, all the adults, before giving it to a child, because children are capable in halacha of receiving a gift, but they can't give a gift. And so you can gift to the child, and then basically what ends up happening in most households is that a child takes the lulav, and then they, technically speaking, own the lulav the rest of the week, which is fine, because the biblical obligation of it has to belong to really only applies on the first day. Um, and so thus the adults in the house should take it before any kids under Barabat Mitzvah. Um, but having said that, when people, when adults take it, they're taking it as theirs. So that's the guzzle part. Yavesh, if the lulav is overly dried out, palm fronds are already fairly dry, but there's a point at which they get really, really dried out. Like they lose all that green, any, any suppleness, they become that sort of grayish color that's completely dried. Um, that is lacking in what we call hidur, uh, that the lulav and etrog are supposed to be beautiful. The etrog is actually referred to as pre-eitz hadar. Uh, and so hidur, beauty, uh, is missing here, and it is actually so much a part of the mitzvah that it is now no good if it's totally dried out. So that's puzzle. Shal shaver shal irni dachat, puzzle. If the... Um, if the lulav came from an asherah tree, an asherah tree is one that was worshipped as idolatry, or an irni dachat, a city the majority of whose inhabitants are worshipping idols in the city is condemned and has to be destroyed, including all the property of the city. So no good there. Either you're not allowed to get benefit from these things. If the top of the lulav has been nicked off, or if the leaves are completely spread, uh, there's no there's no cohesion you know down that down that center. Uh, that's also puzzle. Nifridu alav kasher. But if they're just a little bit spread, uh, so that's still okay. Sometimes the lulav is very tight. Sometimes it's a little bit spread. That's okay. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Yugadeno Milamala. Rabbi Yehuda says that one uh, can and should tie off the uh, the lulav at the top, especially if the leaves are spread. He's saying that well, if they're spreading, then hold it back together. Put on a tie. Tzini Harabarzok wrote. So this is a certain species of lulav that is described as being a, uh, a type where there aren't that many leaves and the leaves are not very long, so they don't actually even totally cover 
the entirety of the spine, but that's still kosher. That's normal for tzinei harabarzo lulavs. Lulav sheyeshbo shlosha tefachim kedeleanenebo kasher. A lulav that has three tefachim of length. The tefach is three to four inches. It's meant to be about a uh, the size of a fist. Uh, and so if it has three tefachim, it's long enough now that you can wave it because your hand is going to hold the tefach. Maybe there's a little bit going below your hand, but there's still some sticking up. If it has three tefachim or more in length, then it is kosher to use that lulav.